Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're wrapping up our discussion of Psychonauts. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we got Greg. What's up? Next we got Trevor. What's going on? And last but not least we got the homie Dante. Meh. <laughs> Meh. Is that is that a way to start off this, this uh, conclusion of this game? Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're gonna wrap up this discussion of Psychonaut. So where we left off was, I believe, right after the fish boss, the uh, the lungfish boss. So I think we picked back up on the lungfish level, I guess. And um, what did you like this level, Dante? Like, so like you were the most. Like you just, I, from my my understanding, there was nothing about this game that you liked, according to the last episode. And I know your overall feelings of this game, but is there anything redeeming about the lungfish level? Did you like anything about it? Honestly, I don't even remember enough about it to really critique it at this point. Jeez, like. Describe the level for me. That that'll be a good intro. It's man, that's so sad. It's it's the level where you're big and you're like it's like the rampage esque level. So you're like big. Okay, lads. okay. I I remember this because when you said lungfish, I assumed it was underwater. But now I know you're talking about like the level where the tanks were shooting at you and you have to scale some buildings. And mm-hmm. Stuff. Mm-hmm. This oh man, I'm trying to find something positive to say <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right it was I, kind of fun <laughs> using the shield okay oh yeah um, that is the first um the level you shield. yeah you didn't so, think the boss fight was cool or anything that's where no, you fight no, coach no. olean okay well never mind. The, I have to remind you you're like no nah, i'm good <laughs> yeah it's where you fight the superhero coach oleander and it, it relies heavily on using the shield i remember there being a couple phases to the ball, like not even phases, but hey, he did have some more than one attack. I feel every boss had more than one attack in this, this game. This is this. I don't know if you remember Dante, but this boss battle, um, the boss like kind of announced his his attacks like while he was doing them. I don't know if yes. you remember that. Okay, it was very anime ish or <laughs> he does it. it... You know what, I'm not even going to fault it for that. So, when it's all said and done, your loyalty to anime is greater than your loyalty to Psychonauts. <laughs> I'm not going to say that this That's the legacy you want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I, it was decent that they called out the attacks and gave you a second to react to them. Okay, we got the something. on those lines being a little bad. We got something. That's the, I'm here for that. Uh, what about you two, uh, Dante? Or excuse me, Greg and Trevor. What did you guys think about the lungfish level? Um, I liked it. I think it was probably the best level up to that point. I think uh, um, thought the the writing for like the uh, the fishes was pretty good. Um, I mean the the combat's still kind of whatever, you know. But uh, but I appreciated the like the design of the um, the design of the level. And the boss fight was pretty good. Trevor? 
this is another part of the game where I like the concept, but some things just didn't work. And like this specifically, this level was kind of annoying to me. Like I like the idea that they introduced the shield on this level because it was necessary um, for a lot of the attacks. Um, but it just became annoying at some points. Like it was sometimes it was di- very difficult to discern like where the um, uh, where the tanks were when they were attacking you, and that made it even more annoying. Um, and then like they would just like there would be a, a very short cutscene. They put like random cutscenes throughout this level, and at the end of each cutscene, it was like the tanks would just spawn. Like they were spawning during the cutscene, and so once the cutscene ended, the tanks were already on the map, and you didn't know where they were coming from or how many there were, and so that that kind of made the enemy encounters more annoying. Um, I also didn't like the the climbing this game or on this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of um, whack, but I mean, it didn't really. I guess it didn't really kill it for me. It, well, more specifically, like when you're fighting the helicopters, because I think that's where it's more important. Because the earlier parts of this level, it's mainly just for collecting stuff. You don't really yeah. have to climb, but um, but the part where you're fighting the helicopters and they're like dropping bombs or on you, and you have to um, swap them down. It, that part, that's where it gets annoying. I'll, I'll agree with that. Like the the thing I didn't like about this level was how slow. How slow it took for you to get around, specifically because climbing was so slow, and I I, I was using the uh, uh, levitate ability, rolling on the ball whenever I could, uh, like in the main world or in levels, and levels that I couldn't, and this this was one of the few levels, this is the only level I think that you can't do that, and it just, I couldn't get around as quickly as I wanted to, and that was kind of a bummer. Um, and climbing, climbing the buildings was the animation to do that was kind of slow. It really wasn't a factor until the end, like you said, um, with the super tall buildings when you had to fight, they were, they were uh, airplanes or helicopters. But the one thing I do like about the level and maybe more so the game, because I was pro, I was leveling up a lot because I was doing a lot of the collectibles and stuff. So I may have been a little bit higher level than you guys. Um, but it really became apparent how powerful or how cool it was to be able, like, you didn't get to choose, but you get to upgrade the abilities. So at this point, I had unlocked the ability that when you shoot something with your fireball, it would auto hit two other enemies, uh, near it. So fighting those helicopter, like fighting those airplanes was super trivial. And I, and I, I like that because Every time I got hit by them, I ended up falling off the building and having to climb back up. So, like, even though I had that upgrade ability, that was still happening. So I'm just grateful that I didn't have to climb up, you know, seven or eight times in order to hit all seven or eight of them. I could only had to climb. I only had to climb up three times, and I took out three every time I got up to the top. So I don't know. It made me really appreciate the upgrade, like. I was kind of lukewarm on, or I guess we didn't really even talk about the upgrades and how, like, that uh, system was in this game. But just 
that was one of the few times in this game where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that th- th- there's a noticeable difference in the upgraded version of the Fireball versus the base level version of it. I didn't really feel that with every ability, but there was a uh, noticeable one with the Fireball one. Yeah, there kind of is with the um, the ball, like when you're rolling around on it, it'll mm-hmm. damage enemies. The Wrecking Ball ability? Yeah. Yeah. That one and the uh, Invisibility the invisibility uh, uh, ability, I guess you could say, it the length of time that you are in invisibility doubles, and that is really also very helpful. See, so that what? Mm, <clears throat> I, I think they waited too late to introduce, and we can talk about it a little bit more later once we get to that part of the game. But I, I think they introduced some abilities too late in the game, or maybe it was just because I was unlocking abilities out of order. Like, I think I mentioned it on the last episode where there was one instance where I went to, um, um, what's the guy's name? Crawler? Agent Crawler? Yeah, where I went to him and all of a sudden I was unlocking, you know, three merit badges. Sure, sure. Um, but it was, you know, there were abilities like the, like invisibility where mm-hmm. it felt like I wish I had it sooner so that I would have been able to incorporate it in my play style. Um, because once I got to where I actually needed to use the ability, um, I didn't have it. And so I went and got it and I only used it for that particular level. I never used it again because I'd just gotten so used to not using it at all. I mean, there was definitely abilities that I didn't use, like the, uh, the pyro, the, not the fireball one, but the other one. Pyrokinesis? Yeah, I never used that ability, except for in the puzzles where you had to use it, because it was just like, why do I want to stand still and let this gauge build up before you get on fire when I can either swing on you or just shoot a fireball really quickly? I think they didn't really mean for uh, Pyrokinesis to really be used like that. It's just only, like, I guess it seems like it's only just for the puzzle, puzzles for the most part. I mean, there, the, yes, but there was... I don't know if uh, there was a couple of enemies that did take like bonus damage or extra damage using that uh, ability versus the the fireball one. Um, but but I mean even still like I, I like Trevor was saying I I didn't really use levitate either. Um, I'm sorry, not levitate the uh, uh, what's the one you get to pick things up and throw it. Um, isn't Telekinesis. That, uh... Telekinesis. Yeah, telekinesis yeah. yeah, I didn't. I hardly ever used telekinesis. I like. I almost always had shield, uh, fireball, and levitate. Those were like my main three that I rolled around with all the time. And sometimes I'd swap <clears> over <throat> to uh, invisibility, but for the most part, th- those are the four powers I used. Did you choose not to use it, or did the game just not give you the option to use it? Because I feel like mean, a lot of those abilities you couldn't use on a lot of stuff. Um, you could use, like, Levitate was a legitimate attack. You could use it as an attack. Yeah, in Telekinesis, when they introduce it, and you go through that tutorial, they make it seem like it's going to be, like, a game changer when it comes to combat. Like, the way they they go through the tutorial. Because there's, like, three different phases where you have to toss something at an enemy and toss it through a hoop. I think it only comes into play with, like, some of the... um the bomb enemies later on in the game and yeah. even then you don't even have to use it but it's mostly um, it's kind of relegated to only boss fights towards the end yeah it, it's just like um 
thinking about it now, like what you have, like maybe eight or nine abilities in total, and it seemed like maybe two or three of them weren't even useful for combat. It was like, oh, like the the one where you get to see from their perspective. That I, I don't know what that one is called. Clairvoyance, I, I think. Yeah, like that was yeah. only useful on that one. <laughs> at least for me, I only used it on the the next that level. I yeah, never no, used it after that's, that. Yeah, that's the only time I ever. And used it, it. it would have made more sense to just like give you that ability, your character that ability, instead of like having it something mappable that wastes a slot in quote unquote combat. Just like, oh, if you click in the thumbstick or something, you get to use that ability or something like that. You know. What what I think maybe, and this is just kind of like a what I what I think is maybe they had other maybe the game was designed in a way where that came into play more, but then maybe they had to dial it back for whatever reason. Possibly, I mean, oh, I mean, way. I could I believe I could believe that just yeah. as long as this game took to make and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Uh. You uh, finish up the lung. I think it's called. I got the uh, walkthrough up now. It's called Lungfishopolis, and the next world you get into is the Milkman level. And at this point, when I when I hit this level, I was like, "You guys are wrong." Like this level is so good. Wait a <laughs> like, minute. Wait a minute. This level, like, this is this is where you're gonna freaking die. This is your hill. This, this is your hill. Like, dude. Like every like, this level is so good to me because, like, the the we were t- last time Dante specifically said this game is basically Captain Underpants like humor level writing, and I was like. Okay, I can see that, you know, when, we, when that first half of the game we played. But when we played that lungfish level, I was like, oh, like, some of this is, like, it, it reminded me of Spongebob and, like, kind of how the fodder enemy, like, the My Leg guy and kind of some of that humor. And when I played this level, I was like, like, the, the, basically the gist of this level is there's this conspiracy going on and all these guys, these G-men are blending in, doing these specific occupations, and the only way to get around them is to have the same, whatever occupation they're doing, you have to have some type of tool or equipment or something to get around them, so there's a guy that's a traffic guard, so you need to have a stop sign in your hand to walk by him, and then there's like plumbers, so you have a plunger when you walk by them, and then there's like a baker, so you have a rolling pin. I was just assuming the items were very bad disguises. I mean, they they are bad disguises, but like they're G-men and they're trying to fit in uh, with their surroundings. So like because their disguises are so bad, you can get away with also having a bad disguise. And like just these guys, they're like... I, I wish I would, could write down some of... I didn't write down any of the, the lines, but, like, the, the way they... What they were saying to, like, blend in, they were just, like... <laughs> it was so funny to me. And, like, once I got to this level and I saw the the writing really sold me on this level, and then um, it was... Uh, this was another level. I, I mentioned it in the last level, but nobody really talked about it but the way they do the perspective shifting in this level like 
it it's like MC, MC Escher-esque, uh, and I know that probably doesn't mean anything to anybody but Trevor, but like being able to jump from a 2D plane onto the wall and now you're back on the 2D plane and like being able to seamlessly go between, I mean, you do it two or three times, but I thought it was really cool and I liked how they built the world like that. Like they could have done it as just one flat world like they had, like most people do, but the fact that they did that for this level was really cool to me. And basically... Every, I liked almost every single world that we played from maybe from uh, even even going back to the first part we played from going uh, the, the the female Psychonauts level. Uh, I can't remember her name. The Disco. Mia. From then on, every world was hit after hit after hit for me. Like straight up. Every single world. So it's you know, like mind boggling to me that you guys did not. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, after all the hurtful things I've said to you, nothing hurt you as much as you, <laughs> you freaking saying that I don't know who MC Escher is. That Are you serious? <laughs> okay, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you know who MC Escher is. And I, I'm like, it, I don't, I just, it's really, it was a really cool trick to me. And it was very effective in this Milkman level. And just the fact that they did it on this level, like, it doesn't really... Wait, wait, how does this have anything to do with MC Escher, though? Just, what do you mean? Bro, he did, like, the optical illusion type of stuff. There was nothing optical or illusory about any of this. You didn't see the staircase painting he's done? We have the yeah, staircase. it's the one going... that's, like, it's, it's to make you think that it's, like, infinite, right? Yeah, and like... There was nothing like that here. Being able to jump from one section of a neighborhood to another? Bro, that's platforming, man. That's one island to the next. No, I I, I understand what you're saying, Marcus. Like, he's talking more I kind of get it with the twist. I guess some of the, like, streets do twist a little bit. That you literally have to jump on, like, a wall in order to, like, it's literally, like, almost 90 degrees. And to get to it, you have to jump on it. And it's super cool because when you're running up to it, you're like, when you get up close to it, it just looks like a gray wall. When you zoom out, you can see, like, houses and stuff. And I'm just thinking, like, how do I get over there? And you have to jump over to get onto it. And then the plane, like, your plane switches and you're on it now. You know how we always say, like... Man, it's almost like we're playing a different game. This this just solidifies it because I never you, got any of that. You you, it goes both <laughs> ways. That's all I'm gonna say because I felt the same exact way when you were like, man, like when you played this game and you were like, man, like I don't really know, like I, y'all aren't gonna like this. And when I started playing it, I was like, oh, Dante said this game is kind of whatever, it's kind of whack. So I'm like, kind of went in there really skeptical, leaving the first part where we were at, I was like, I can see some things, but I'm kind of iffy. When I played this level, I was all in, and I'm all in still. That's all I got to say. I'm, I freaking love this game. Like, it, everything, like. <laughs> so, so let me, let me go on ahead and, this, this level right here is where, or actually, like, after you finish Lung, Lungfishopolis, and go into this one. This is exactly where I was hoping this game would go. Where, like, you're going into people's minds and kind of, like, the gameplay is kind of compartmentalized um, depending on whose mind you're in. 
that was the that was the idea I got from this game playing like the um what's the the first guy's name um Coach Oleander? Yeah, oh, uh, Agent Sasha Nine or Coach Oleander? Yeah, well, all of them. Like when you go mm-hmm. into their minds, and it shows you that they kind of tutorialized those sections. Mm-hmm. But I was really hoping they would delve more into, you know, hopping into other people's minds and and you would see kind of like their subconscious or at least a um a uh, what do you call it a more physical manifestation of their subconscious and and you would be able to to like play through that and it would be kind of different um through each one and and so that's where this game started going and this is where i started digging it on this level so i'm i'm right i'm right there with you marcus good like (laughs) after after lungfishopolis yeah it's like after the first like the first half of the game is just kind of like the the weird summer camp thing and it's like the second half just ditches that completely which i'm kind of cool with um because i think it makes the game a little bit stronger like as a as a narrative as a whole i think the levels got more creative i think the gameplay which was already not good just plummets at this point i don't feel like the gameplay is any different like and if, if we're being honest like what what is like what is different about the second half of the game as far as None- gameplay None of the platforming in um, Milkman was good. Not only that, there was hardly any platforming to do. There was no like. I mean, that's you already said in the first section of this game. There was hardly any platforming. So saying that okay, there's less platforming, but that was we kind of already said. But at least there was something to do. This was just like, hey, let me go to these random houses, try to find an item, try to remember where the guy that is weak to this item is and then use it to just do the same thing over and over and over again that's not good gameplay in my opinion i mean you're not wrong but at this point we've played so many levels or i shouldn't say so many levels we played through enough of the levels that we know what the gameplay is and if you're gonna sit here and tell me that the writing does not get better in the second half of the game you are deluded because the whole kitty, like, that stuff was whack. And I agree with you 100%. But if you're going to say, and I know you have a low tolerance for witty commentary or, you know, banter or whatever. But if you want to tell me that the second half of this game, the di- the writing doesn't get better, you are crazy. Oh, man. it. it I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at if you... If you dislike witty comment, like commentary and humor, it's good. I, I yeah, I mean, it, it was just the way you said it. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Because like the but writing, I, go ahead, go ahead. Maybe some of the writing was um, more subtle than I cared for at this point, where like it wasn't in cutscenes per se, and I probably just didn't pick it up. But I never noticed like that tonal shift that you're talking about. I mean, yeah, so like in the lungfish level, I thought it was super clever that they they show it as like you meet these two lungfish guys and they're trying to tell you like, oh, yeah, like we want you to save us from the suppressor. And then you come to find out that they are actually like escape prisoners and you just help them escape prison. I thought that was like super funny and like just like super like you're trying to be this good guy and they get this like really innocent kid to help them escape prison i thought that was cool and then in this milk like like i said i don't really have 
at least at this point, I haven't written down any quotes that I saw, but just the way these G-Men are trying to blend in and be, um, fellow row crew worker. (laughs) A pie crust is, you know, one, uh, one to one butter to flour or what, like just the way they were talking was really funny. And then, um, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there are still very annoying characters. But once they take the kids out of the equation, I feel like I, I feel like that's. I feel like writing for the kids in the first half kind of helped. Like, <sighs> they needed to set a low bar for the. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say, like, it, it's like. If you didn't live that experience, it's kind of hard to write for it. But I'm not saying, like, these people that wrote this game were never kids. But it just doesn't seem as, like, it's an adult trying to imagine how kids talk versus it being natural. Like, this is how kids sound. It's like, no, this is what adults think kids talk like. And this is how adults think kids' voices sound and, like, how nasally you're Hello, fellow camper. Yeah, (laughs) Sure. But when it comes to writing, like, the... I, I think the Milkman is kind of annoying, too. But, like, the G-Men were hilarious. The Lungfish characters were hilarious to me. I mean, even later on, like, what some of the people talk about and just some of the dialogue is just, like, it's really good. And I, and I feel like it's even more impressive because it, they show their range and being able to make these references and jokes with these characters that have, like, different occupations or, you know, like, there's a way more diverse cast of characters, if you will. You're not the same, you know, 5 to 12 characters. This is, like, this character is only on this level. So, like, the dialogue has to be hitting, in my opinion, for you to want to keep continuing with this game. And I feel like they really hit that and they do a good job in the second half of the game. If that, I don't know if that makes any more sense. Like, this is the only impression you're going to get of this character, so they have to have a lasting impression. And I feel like a lot of these second half second half of the game, these characters do have a lasting impression. On me. That's fair. Uh, so, before we move on from this level, I do want to go on ahead and, and add that this level is very reminiscent of, like, Rocco's Modern Life. Uh-huh. I don't know if any of y'all watched that show. I mean, like, I, I feel like this game is, it's it's low-key kind of an ode to, like, cartoon cartoons that we either grew up with or we, we've watched. Because, yeah, like, can... I do feel like the Lungfish level is very, like, like I said, I got heavy SpongeBob vibes, and I know that's maybe a little bit because, you know, oh, we're, there's, these are fish, but I, I, I had that vibe, and I definitely had the Rocco's Modern Life vibe with, uh, with um the uh milkman milk level and, all and real i had like monsters. A, all real monsters with the uh theater level and right i didn't pick up on that but <laughs> like since now like like i had so many like it, it, it so it's really weird for me that like it's not even like nostalgia, but it's just like it hits those notes that make me think of these things, and maybe that's why I may be looking a little bit more positively on this game than you guys are. But like, it was hitting for me, like all of it. Like, like I said, I, I don't think this game is platform heavier, like at all. Like Dante said, um, uh, I don't think that uh, this game is the combat is whatever. 
but it was like the world and like the creative the creativity that the developers put into this game that had me like salivating for more. Where I was like, no, yo, it, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying, I think it just speaks highly to like how strong like the writing and the, the like story and the setting is that like it plays like a four or five out of ten, but like you still want to keep going through it just because four or five. Good God, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little high in my book. But... <laughs> like it, it, like uh, it, it definitely mechanically, it's kind of that was a sneak diss. <laughs> it was but, right, <laughs> but I mean, he's not wrong. You, yeah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, are you saying a four or five out of ten? Like, all right, now four or five out of ten. Back then, two thousand five. No, well, no, no, it probably would have been acceptable back then. Like, but it might have been like a seven out of ten back then. But like now, I think yeah, I think this is one of those games where like the gameplay was probably. I know Dante's gonna put on his hat and say I play a lot of games that came out around that time, and you you very well may have, dude. But like. This game, I feel like the writing and, like, the creativity in this game, I feel like it's, like, damn near, like, I don't want to say timeless, but it, it, it aged really well. I will say the gameplay and all that stuff, it, it's kind of whatever. But, like, the, the story, uh, not even the story, but just, like, the environments you're in is, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm just, oh man, it hurts, man. I know I'm hurting you. You hurt me too. I just want you to know. (laughs) Um, Do we need to say anything else about the milkman level, the neighborhood? This was one of those levels I was mentioning earlier about, um, like when you have to use uh, um, telekinesis. Uh huh. And it's that. Actually, was that the boss, or it was like one of those mini bosses where you fall into the pit? Yeah, the little, um, a little sand monster yeah. or lava monster. Yeah, yeah. The boss on this level um, was the Din Mother, <laughs> and where you had to, uh, she turn off the lights. And actually, this is yeah, this is like the only fight that you use clairvoyance, where she turned off the lights and she was standing on the four platforms, and you had to like dodge her things and use the. Uh, telekinesis to or whatever to throw the yep. items at her. This fight was okay too. Like I, I like that's another thing too where we were talking about combat being whatever. I, I I felt like I enjoyed damn near every boss fight in this game, even going to the to the second half of the game. Um, I'm trying to think if there's if if there was any fights at the end that I didn't like, but. I can't really. I think the boss anything. fights in this game are exceptionally strong. Like, I mean, for the type of game this is, where we're especially if we're saying like, "Yo, the combat in this game sucks," but the boss fights are awesome to me. Um, and then the next level is like basically uh, you can kind of choose your own adventure at this point. There's like three different characters you can hop into the mind of, and um, I guess we can just choose one. Anybody got one they want to choose first? Yes, we could do. I mean, I guess the next one I did was Glorious Theater, the, that one. But okay, we can we can talk that one then. Uh, Glorious Theater. Um, you're basically at an insane asylum, or broke. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it was an insane asylum, but it was like a one that was no longer operational. 
um, because you're trying to track down the main game's uh, antagonist. And uh, there's these three psych... Really, uh, two, three... Four psych ward... uh, Three psych ward patients and a warden figure. And uh, you got to hop into their minds to progress further into the story. So with Gloria, the Glorious Theater. What what did you think about Glorious Theater, Greg? Um, I liked it. Um, I thought Gloria's Muse was like probably one of the kind of the funnier parts of it. Um, I guess it it was kind of interesting how you had to switch the moods up on the scenes as like part of a puzzle, basically. Mm-hmm. So like you have since it's a uh, since you're at a theater, um, there's different with that scenes. Word. Huh? Be careful with that word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you basically have to collect different scripts and uh, also switch the scenes out in the mood to uh, to basically get to this point where you can uh, fight a boss. Um, I guess it's me kind of oversimplifying it, but, um, but I did like it, though. I mean, there's not a ton of combat. I guess there's a little bit, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, I enjoyed it. What do you think about it, Trevor? It was okay. Um, like I said, when you say it, I, I guess because the way the levels are, like, can you maybe clarify what the it is? Um, Gloria's um, theater altogether. Okay, it was just okay. Like I said before, I'm still invested in this concept. Um, And, like, the quest that they give you, where you're basically in this psych ward, and each of the patients that you talk to, um, like, your quest is to, um, what is it, to calm calm Gloria down or something like that? Yeah, yeah. You're trying to calm her down so you can get a item from her in order to progress through the story. And so each of these each of these people has like an underlying crux that you have to help fix in their minds in order to progress in the story, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, so you like the part that you're a problem solver? Yeah, but and- the, <laughs> the glorious theater on its own, like just you know as a level, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, it sure, was, sure, it was cool. Um, it seemed kind of short, um, especially compared to like the Milkman conspiracy. Yeah, th- I think this was probably definitely one of the shortest levels in the game. You do get some interesting bits about the characters as you go through their uh, through these worlds because you kind of see why they feel the way they do, which I guess I kind of appreciate that. It's oh, like yeah, those, these... those picture things that you find. Yeah. Some interesting backstory on these characters. Um, what about like, you, Dante? <laughs> so, this was the one where you had you had to get the scripts, right? Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things you had to do. Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to piece it all together. I don't really have too much to add per se. I didn't think it was the worst thing for sure. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't what I'd call compelling. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting, at least seeing like the plays being acted out. Even though I got annoyed since you couldn't skip them, even after you saw them once, if I recall. 
but I'm gonna say you recalled incorrectly because you could like once you saw it once you didn't have to see it again at least in my experience okay that's fair um well i i dug this level a lot just because i thought that it was really funny slash cute to see these little kids act out these plays and like kind of like what greg said you could hit the stereotypical like the the laughter and the crying mask in order to change the mood of the play so they would enact the play with the happy setting and happy tone and then if you hit it then they would have a uh, no wardrobe change but they'd have a setting change and then they would enact the the lines in a sad way and and it was cool because it was basically the story of this woman gloria and it was her life story and her upcoming as a basically um getting sent away because she's like supposedly has this tragic background where she was like banished by her parents to this school where she was like forced to learn the entertainment biz you know like dancing and acting and singing and all that and then like it's really funny to hear the kids tones change when they're talking about in one aspect it's like you know i got sent away but my parents still really love me and then in the other when it's the negative it's like i got sent away because my parents uh were jealous of my talent (laughs) and like just some of the line, the subtle line switches and not so subtle line switches was very funny to me. And um, it started to get really interesting. Uh, there's this overall in this stage, there's this, uh, what's the guy's name? The, the There's a critic that's been like hating on uh, this actress, Gloria, this entire time. And uh, there's this uh, uh, villain, uh, what do they call it? The uh, Phantom? The Phantom, who's been sabotaging the plays and causing these bad things to happen. And so, like, the only way to get up to him is to have this certain thing happen in the plays. So then what that introduces, you have to start finding these scripts that you present to the director of the plays. And then once you present it, then it adds on another section to the plays. Then you can see the play with this new thing like a knight comes to slay the dragon or this boat comes to deliver a letter to Gloria or whatever happens and um that that I thought that was really cool slash interesting because even when you try to do it in a scene where you can't like oh like and then the boat came and then you're on a scene that has no water you can kind of see like how it would be in real life where the kids are like where's the boat and they're kind of whispering it under their breath, trying to see, like, hey, you know, come on, pre- you know, proceed with the scene. And then the kid in the background's like, there is no boat, just keep going. And I, I thought that was really clever, and um, I enjoyed that. And then, um, what did you guys think about the, the Phantom, the Phantom boss fight? Where it, it ends up being, <laughs> the critic uh, ends up being the, the Phantom, and you have to fight this theater critic. And, uh, what'd you guys think of that boss fight? This was the one where you had to get up onto the rafters and stuff? Yeah, you had to get on the, so the catwalk, and you had to light the, uh, the candles and shine them on him. And he's shooting the entire time, he's in, like, this chair that floats, and he's shooting, like, 
like he's shooting words from his pen that are like disgrace and like basically like he's shooting insults at you. It's alright. I like this boss battle. Okay, it was, it was okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's it's very um, it's very video game boss battle. Do the thing three times. Um, spam DPS the boss. Oh, okay, okay, that's what we're doing. Okay, <laughs> that's that's no shade. That's, that's I mean, you shade. attack the boss, and his life goes away, and then you know maybe he gets a new attack pattern. Then you got to do it over again, and maybe if you're lucky, he goes down. But then like I, then I you got to do it again. See, I don't. I'm. I didn't expect that much from the boss battles in this game, and I don't know if that's what. What does of, that even mean? Like <laughs> this, you're saying, this like, game isn't a. It's not a very, it's not a big technological leap. Okay. <laughs> Why did you laugh at that, Dante? That's not meant to because be. Because I know what you're saying. I mean, That's it's code. Yeah, it, it's not a, it's not a huge technological leap. So I knew like each of these levels was going to be very contained, and it's you know it's not going to be a lot of sandboxing and the way abilities have been used throughout this game there might be one ability you need to use for each boss um but i'm sure there you know you could get around it but there there's not a lot of experimentation that's necessary in order to beat the bosses so do you want a challenge for the boss in a game where the combat hasn't even done that in the main game. You're basically asking to not only be creative and fun, but also to challenge you and make the combat fun. And and that's why I'm saying, well... Because it sounds like you want the game to do something that hasn't proven that it's done yet. Exactly. I guess in that way you're kind of correcting me. Maybe technological isn't the right term. Maybe... Quality... Like the boss, the boss levels fit the gameplay. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not asking you a lot. Like the game itself isn't asking you a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's all he got. Because <laughs> I mean, like, what it sounds like to me is you want to fight a Mega Man boss, like straight up. Where you're like, not only do I want the combat to be fun in the main level, which I think we all can agree that's what we want, but we all, I think for the most part, agree that the game didn't hit on that. But then you're saying, well, the game wasn't like that, so these boss fights, I'm going to judge on that scale as well. And because they didn't hit on that, then, like, I'm not saying you can't enjoy the bosses, but it kind of just sounds like you weren't expecting anything from the bosses because the main game wasn't giving you anything, which... You can definitely have games where, like, the level was cool, but the boss sucked. So I'm saying this is the opposite, where, like, I think the level is creative. It may not be, like, challenging, but I do feel like the bosses are also creative. And they may not be challenging, but I'm, like, awarding it points because it's clever. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that, like, we're, like, hammering home the point that, like, the combat is whatever in this game. So, like, I think at this point, we can just kind of say, like, that includes bosses. But it's like... 
And in, in that regard, yes, these boss levels are clever. Mm-hmm. Because they they utilize the the theme of each you know contained story, um, and I honestly believe like with the technology um, of this particular game, not necessarily yeah. the technology that was available at this time when they developed this game, but the technology that was utilized in this game, I think they did some amazing stuff. With, you know, the levels and the bosses. I like. I I know. Like, it's kind of hard to to say this, or but like, I just don't think games were like doing this back then, Dante. Like, I know, like you play. No, 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 no. We're not. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna stand for that, Dante. Like, think of, this I, game even, came out. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> if we go back to 2003, 2004, this and we game go came out like in 2000. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, I thought so. Um, if we go back <laughs> to that era, to the PS2, Xbox, that era of platformers, you have stuff like Jack and Daxter. You have okay. stuff like Ratchet and Clank. Okay. You have Sly Cooper. If you compare any of those games, I went back and I'm like, am I being overly harsh on this game? Dang, this man and then I compared his hands and everything. The, <laughs> I went back and compared the platforming. I didn't actually put the disc in, but... You're comparing back. it on a platform, though. Like we we already said, like it's just in that genre. But we're saying the game as a whole. But I'm saying those other games were creative and they had good platforming. So I don't think this game gets a pass for that. I, just I mean, don't. they were creative, but I guess in not in the in the same way, right? They were going for a different thing. Like, right? okay, check this out, Dante. This game came out in 2005. You know what else came out in 2005? Star Fox Assault. You know what else came out in 2005? The Xbox 360 and all those garbage-ass launch games. You know what else came out in 2005? Hold on, hold on now. Wait, going, wait, wait. This, this is not working. This is, we're not um, going to diss Cameo like that. Does you play the Cameo? Point, they... <laughs> yes, I have. This came out the same time as Jungle Beat. This came, and I'm not saying Jungle Beat is a bad game, but I'm just saying those are the hey, games that came out. Those are the games that came out. This came out the same time as... Uh, I'm trying to see something else. I'm, I'm just saying this came out later than Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper. And the platforming is... The gameplay is worse. I feel like the level design overall, I won't say creativity per se, but the level design itself is objectively worse. At least the, compared to... Um, Ratchet and Clank. Jack and Daxter, it's like a 50-50. But when you look at those aspects of those games, even, I would say even the writing. In fact, I'm going to definitely say the writing. I just don't think this game stacks up. So are y'all looking at this game as more of an indie game compared to, like, Insomniac and and Naughty Dog? I'm not. I'm not either. Like I, I like to me, we all agree that the game does not have great platforming or even existing platforming on most levels, and we agree that this game doesn't have good combat. But like that doesn't take away from the merits of what this game does have, and I'm like here celebrating that, and like I hear what you guys are saying, but I'm saying like this game beyond that, it's still good. Like, in Dante saying it's barely a game, and it's like he's entitled to his own opinion, and I'm not saying he's wrong to feel the way he feels, but I'm saying that 
Like, I played some that- terrible ass games in 2005. This game, it, like, Advent Rising came out in 2005, my guy. Like, I we're not going to sit Advent here. Rising. But we're not going to sit here and act like bad games didn't come out in 2005, and you're comparing it to the best of the genre. Of course, it's not going to stand up to that. But if you compare it to, like, the other games that came out, like, the majority of the games that came out, then this game is, like, if not neck and neck with a lot of the. Medi- or mediocre or even average stuff, it's above above that stuff. It may not be like Jack and Daxter level or Ratchet and Clank level, but it's better than majority of the stuff that came out then, in my opinion. And that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, it. But I mean, and, but like I said, like we we both agree that this game like shouldn't it shouldn't be considered a platformer. It should be considered an action adventure game. But like you're like I said, you're comparing it to the best of like you're comparing the games that had sequels. This game didn't even have a sequel. It didn't even sell that well. Why don't you compare it to games that like like also like were platformers that didn't sell well, and then tell me that game is, like, this game isn't better than them? But now we're just lowering the bar, though. We're just saying I, like. But I'm saying like the reason why those games as, like you, as beloved you, as this game is, okay, you cannot act like this game does not have a massive cult following on the internet. Correct. People love this game. It has an eighty. I checked it the other day. It has an 87 Metacritic, which makes me feel crazy because I'm like, how in the world did it get this high in the first place? So people do love this game and people do consider it a good game. So you acting surprised at my like negative opinion about this game, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because there are a lot of people that do consider it just as good as Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, all of those things. So that's why I'm here to say I do not think that's the case. I mean... <laughs> Cuphead should be higher on the list. Um, Dream Daddy oh, should be number nine. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I, sorry, I got into Game of the Year. Sorry, my bad. Uh. <laughs> Started deliberating really hard over here, so I <laughs> had to pull out my argument. So, yeah, I mean, like... like I don't know. Like, it's just... There's... We, I think the reason we got on this tangent because Trevor was saying the boss was okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you know what? I I was going to comment on the boss, but then I'm like, Trevor is... He's doing my job for me. He's He has the same opinion as me, I can tell, but he's being nice about it. He's being diplomatic about it? Yeah, he's being diplomatic about gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, let, let me... I don't want to close with this, but I just want to say this right now. I appreciate your enthusiasm. I dude. <laughs> okay, I appreciate like I like I said not everybody has to like this game, but I'm like I'm just here just to say like I'm I I'd rather we have like this type of discussion than everybody's like yo this game's amazing. Not to say that it's not cool to have games that we all agree on too, but I think it's more interesting when we have games where we're kind of split down the middle. And to be fair, if we had a mass market like podcast I'd assume that I'd be getting a lot of hate mail right now. Like, I'd be getting a ton because I know how much people love this game. And honestly, I don't want to be – I don't want to say I don't want to be negative about it, but I came in with middling to high – like, I don't want to say middling to high expectations because I was telling Trevor before the podcast I had played it like a year before for about 30, 45 minutes, and I wasn't really feeling it. But from everything I've heard on the internet up until – playing through the game i anticipated it being literally like 
Jack and Daxter. Sure, sure. Yeah, one of those level of platformers just because everybody's like, oh my gosh, this game, I can't, I don't understand how you didn't play this game when it came out. I'm like, okay, well, people seem to at least, you know, people I mean, seem to really love this game. So I just assumed, like, it wouldn't have these huge flaws that we're all talking about. If it was Jack and Daxter, there would have been a sequel. It would have been on Jack Three by then, I think. I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just saying though. Like, if it was like, if it was as good as those other games, people would have bought it. And I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, cause there's definitely games that games. went under the radar. Radar, and I'm not saying that yeah. there isn't, but I'm saying like this game, like it was relatively unknown. Like, I'm looking at the list of games, and there's so many like sequels and just spin-offs and like all like I have the list of games that came out in 2005 up right now and just there's so many games that came out that has either a number attached at the end of it which is still even commonplace now or it's just like recognizable like Judge Dredd or like freaking Star Wars or Mortal Kombat or like just these established franchises so it's like I can understand why in 2005 like especially when this game came out when everybody's getting hyped for the launch of like the uh, Xbox three, uh, 360 like I can understand why this game went under the radar like if I remember right like Majestica kind of just sent that game out to die because it came out at the same time as like Advent Rising and I felt that, like there was another game that was tied to like this big contest that they had for like if you found the golden disc you won a million dollars or something like that but 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 anyway they, they sent all these games out like to die basically like they didn't really market it very well um, I mean, there was, like, some advertisement for it on TV, if I remember right, like, on G4 back then, but, like, I mean, it, it seemed like, and it also, look at the time it came out, like you're saying, right? Like, it just... I mean, this game really... came out the same month Doom 3 came out, and I remember yeah. Doom 3 being a big deal when it came out, and, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. So, and, and even, it, like, as far as that, like back then that was all about sequels i mean that was what people wanted right they people wanted the same thing over and over and over and over so it kind of you know and, and that's a brand new ip that's why i hate yeah. doing what i'm doing right now because like my big argument when i ever talk about video games to people is there needs to be less sequels and more just original ideas and this is a very original idea i just don't think the execution was where it needs to be and i will also agree that like Marketing wise, I don't think this game had a super huge push. I do remember it being on like I think Adam Sessler really liked this game. So when you yeah. said G four, I think that's where I really heard about this game and kind of got the mentality that this was something to care about. This game didn't even have like the game. <laughs> the Windows version came out. I'm sorry, the Xbox version came out April nineteenth. Then a week later, the Windows version came out, and then a whole ass uh, month. No, uh, two months later, the PS2 version came out, and that's like a sign of the times too, <laughs> where it was like you know back when like you would see a review of a game, and it's like okay, well how's the three six or you know how's the Xbox version compared to the PlayStation Two version? Because you know like all those games back then like there was some that were ported over, and they were like you know the sound was worse or like the graphics were better. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> So this was like right in the thick of when that stuff was still going on. I, and I'm not you saying it to excuse it or whatever. Like, like I, I, I kind of like it has like a flawed 
up, upbringing. You know, it took five years for this game to be made, and they at a certain point like lost funding or didn't think the game was going to come out. And then it looked like it got pushed out. And I'm I'm assuming like if they had their way, it wouldn't have got put out like the last year of X, the Xbox being a thing. You know, I'm pretty sure like they would have preferred to been like 2003, 2004, or if anything, being able to put it out on 360. But it just, just so happened that's not how it, it happened. So, and I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with not liking this game, Dante. So I don't want you to think that I'm giving you slack for it. I was just more surprised or uh, intrigued why you felt like the game overall, like you, and I know you played it a while ago too, but like how there's not a difference between the first half of the game and the second half where I kind of, I agreed with some of your criticism in the first half. And I, I, I disagree with some of the you having that same beliefs or ideas I, about the second half. I can respect that. I will say I probably almost zoned out towards the second half. And yeah, and that that's what it that's what it sounds like to me, where it's like you can't tell the difference in the writing between the first half and the second half. Were you paying attention would be my first question, you know? Like <laughs> Um well, uh, getting back into it, the boss, the um, the critic, the Wait, Phantom, the, the Phantom. Okay. Uh, he was. I really liked the fight. This was like maybe one of my favorite fights because he was attacking you with insults, and it's really funny because when you beat him, like you're talking back to him, and you. I wrote this line down because like. It's stupid, but it was hilarious to me because it made me think of uh, Baby Blue, the Action Bronson song with Chance the Rapper. Uh, the whole Chance's verse where he's just saying, like, digs on somebody, <laughs> and it's just, like, super petty stuff. He, this dude says, your knees are ugly and you snort when you laugh. <laughs> and I died. <laughs> and I, I don't know, like... It just maybe it was because it was a critic and he was being super petty already, but it just was like it hit me at the right time. I was like, oh, that's that's funny. Um, uh, but uh, that that's it for the glory, glorious stage. Um, that was a pretty short one. Uh, another one that was this was the first one I played was the Waterloo stage where you're actually in the mind of the warden who's like. Uh, basically, he's stuck and he's convinced. Um, he's he's the ancestor i guess you could say is uh of napoleon bonaparte and um so you're playing on a large game board like a think of like a strategy game you're playing on that and so you go into a room and then you're the same size as everybody and you know the two players playing in the game and then you can climb up a letter a ladder onto the table onto the board and then once you get in there then you shrink down and you're like the same size as the people that would presumably live in the houses of this world. And this game kind of plays, it's, I I thought it was really cool. You're basically playing on a game board. um, And you can be this tiny size. You can be the same size as the game pieces, or you can be like your adult human or, you know, your, your real life size. Uh, I really thought that was really interesting and really cool. The level itself was, like what Dante said, it was fetch quest where it was like, you know, the you need to help, you need to build the 
have a carpenter to build, like, to repair the bridge. So then you go to the carpenter's house, and he's like, oh, well, I need you to get me some money. And so then you have to go, quote-unquote, fetch him money. And then another one is like, oh, well, the knight won't defend, he won't fight the castle unless you get him, he likes fancy food, so you gotta get him a, a dinner of ten snails and deliver it to the restaurant. And so, like, I, 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 I thought this level was really clever. Um, how, what did you guys think about the level? I think it was clever, too. <laughs> you can say bad stuff, I swear. Okay. Here, here's... One one annoying thing was you have to shrink down twice. Mm-hmm. Like, and I get it for the part where you're moving the pieces, but I wish you didn't have to do it so much. Going in and it, out. Yeah, it made it um, less immersive um, and more fetch questy. Um, I do wish they would have leaned in a little bit more on the the strategy game part of it. I think there could have been a little bit more humor there, or at least opportunity for humor. Like seeing how the um, the pieces interacted with each other, mm-hmm. but it just seemed like okay, you need to move this piece here, and then move this one here next. There wasn't a whole lot of trial and error when it came to that part. Gotcha. So you were kind of hoping for more more strategy behind it, more right. strategy and just more flexibility, like in that part, like where you're actually like where the the board game. Is the actual gameplay for this stage? But I was, like, I was worried that it was going to be that. I was like, man, am I really going to have to like play actual game of Risk, or is this kind of you know? <laughs> you not a Risk fan? No, not at all. I love Risk. <laughs> so I mean, I, I liked it. Um, I mean, I kind of do agree. It was a little annoying having to, you know, basically go in and out of this the board game because you had to go out to go grab one thing then go back in and shrink down and go big again so it kind of got a little tiresome doing that but um i appreciated how unique it was because i i don't mean i can't think of another game that's done a concept like that what about you dante i like the concept my man you know <laughs> like, out out of all of the back half parts, this was mm, I was about to say probably my favorite, but I don't. That's too strong of a word. <laughs> like, I don't want to say something I can't take back later. It brought the most the most uh, <laughs> the most thing that you could call a smile across your face. <laughs> it, it, something like that. It, it um. It started off stronger than I expected, and then it kind of dragged on a little bit longer than I cared for. Yeah. Like, finding the different houses was fine, but then when you had to figure out what lined up with what, because mm-hmm. every piece had a very specific, like, action that you had to take to get it, and also another action you had to take to take out another countering piece, so kind of finding out what actually interacted with what was a little annoying in my opinion and that yeah. goes back to what trevor was saying about having to like get big and then get shrunk constantly 
I feel that. I, I kind of, yeah, echo what Trevor said. I, I, I dug the level, but I do also agree that it was a little bit annoying to have to con- constantly um, shrink, then get big, shrink, then get big, or whatever you had to do. <coughs> um, I um, I did like that they, they added a lot of... I think this was the most amount of platforming that you had to do in a level, it seemed like. Um if that really means anything, um, just going into some of the levels, like this is maybe stuff that you guys didn't even have to see, but like trying to get some of the, uh, figments and things like that required you to, if you went into a building having to, you know, do the little siddle or sidle across the wall or walk this tightrope to get to this other thing. And there was a little bit of that going on. Um, I, I, overall I did, I did, like the concept of the level, I thought it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nifty. And then, um, you guys ready for the best level in the game? My favorite level, I should say. Dude, this level right here. Yeah, the, I can't tell the, if he's being. Oh, I'm being a hundred percent. Okay, this, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to ask. <laughs> the black velvet topia, the um, the bullfight, the bull level. Do you remember that, Dante? It was like an entirely different art style. Uh, like your character had a costume when he was in the level, and it was like super. And maybe this was I'm a little biased because I was in Mexico, not even like a week and a half or a week after I played this level. But like, it was mad cool to like be in this environment, and like it, it was really. I thought it was really clever. Um, they had like these dogs that were painters in the world, and. If you talk to them, you find out that they're the, the the that that famous painting of those four dogs playing poker. That's who they are. Oh uh, snap! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't so even like catch that because the, the whole level is like he's trying to build this card house. This this guy is uh he's like this tragic figure where his like love of his life basically was stolen from him by. His rival, this bullfighter. Okay, this this was pretty funny. We haven't hit the punchline, but I I will say that that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So like, he's trying to build this card house to get up to the cloud that his woman is on with uh, her new her new bay, and um, he he doesn't have enough cards, so you have to go into this world and get cards for him. And then the way you get cards, you have to get four queens, and these queens are in order to unlock these queens, you have to fight these sub-bosses, and these sub-bosses, because you're in a Mexico-adjacent type environment, are these luchador boss fights that you have to fight, and these these four luchadors are themed after animals. So there's a tiger, there's an eagle, there's a cobra, and I forgot the other one. But they each have different... Like, they're luchadors, you fight them in a ring, and they each have different abilities, so there's a different... Uh, ability and uh, way you have to fight them. And I felt like this was when the game hit his strongest as far as quote-unquote combat went because you literally are fighting the same opponent as far as like how they outwardly look, like the body shape, but there's a different way you take each, each of them down. And once you figure that out, yes, the fight is simple but i thought it was a really clever way of like introducing the same enemy but you had to use like your logic in order to beat them 
Okay, so maybe it was just me. I felt like it was just like you just cheesed them all the same way. You just hit them one time, then dodge. And eventually after they get hit three times, they all do some weird attack. But it's just the same thing of like you hit them and dodge. I mean, for the last one. If if that's what you're saying, like at that point, you're just talking about like a normal video game fight then, right? That's like every video game. I I kind of feel the same way as Greg on that, like... Okay, that's I, that's cool. I didn't see a huge difference between the first three, but the last one, yeah, yeah, the last, the last one, one you had to use different. the confusion grenades. Like they all had different attacks, but you know the strategy was kind of the same. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I thoroughly, oh, no, 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 I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this, this level. It, yeah, like I mean, that that's just one aspect of this level. Like the, the the other cool aspect of it was like you're in this city and this bull is ravaging through the city, and like he's basically like every time you get hit by him, you get brought to this point. So it's like you're actively quote unquote platforming or traversing through this level, and you're also like trying to avoid getting struck by this bull and getting brought back to. The, the start of the level or a specific section of the level. And I thought that was pretty interesting. It's just a different change of play, pace. That's not something that they had done in this game at this point yet. So I even I enjoyed that, was kind that of part of the game, the platforming. Um, like running across like the, the rooftops and through windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the little swinging through the, the, the alleyways. Yeah. And if the, when the bull ran through, the, the, the banners went against the wall, so you, you had to do, time it to when he wasn't running through the the town. I'm um, surprised nobody mentioned the uh, thing where you had to buy the paintings and you could oh, put them yeah. on the wall, and then it would transform it off based off whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So you bought a picture of a guitar that turned into... Like something you could climb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's man. I I dug this level a lot, and, and the best part of this level, the costume change. Right. <laughs> Actually, that's not even the best part of the level. The best part of the level was like the twist at the end, the reveal. What you think, Dante? I don't have much to say about this level. Like, I remember buying the paintings. The bull was a little annoying, but after you got past him, like. Well, you don't even get past him because he's just on a loop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So. Once you figure it out. Yeah, once you figure it out, it's fine. It was decent going through, like, the little, like, catwalks and, you know, windows and stuff like that. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but I, yeah, the boss, the boss was cool. The final boss, quote unquote. Not the little mini bosses. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um... You end up uh, finding out in the level that, because you get into this out or excuse me, the sewer, and you're in the sewer, and you end up being in like a high school, and it's like, why am I in this high school? These locker rooms, like, what? Are they? I went from being in Mexico to being in this this high school. Like, what's going on? And you find out that the the guy, the uh, your homie, uh, I don't remember his name, Eduardo, maybe? Um, the guy's right. mind that you're in. Uh, 
the story that he had in his Edgar, that's his name, Edgar, the, the story he had in his head of his tragic, you know, like story of his girl being taken was not as tragic as it sounded. He basically was a football player or wrestler, one of the one of the two, um, and his girlfriend or whatever was i'm not even sure if she's his girlfriend or like just this girl he was really into she was a cheerleader and she ended up instead of going with him she went with this other guy who in his mind is a bullfighter but in reality is also a cheerleader and so i thought it was really interesting uh that you find this out in the sewer aka this high school it's like a super repressed memory where like you know like i thought that was pretty poignant and i thought that was really interesting and then it's uh once you find that out you're like oh well like this bull is not actually the bull is him and he's like basically his own roadblock roadblock from getting over this experience that happened in his life and um so the, the boss fight, once you collect these four cards and you build the, uh, the, the card house to, you know, get up to his lady, is um, you have to fight the bullfighter. Uh, well, and actually, that's where it's revealed. Like, you, you have to fight the bull, and you're attacking the bull, and you realize, you know, after you've damaged it enough, which you do it the super, like, traditional way of spearing the bull in the back, is, oh, like I'm, this is actually Edgar, and I'm hurting him. And then the bullfighter comes, and he's getting roses and these things thrown at him as he's trying to damage the bull and hurt the bull. And you're like, oh, wait, no, that's Edgar. I need to help Edgar. We need to attack this guy. So you end up using the confusion grenades that you got in order to confuse the guy into thinking he's the bull. And then he rushes up, you know, and you have to poke him with the spears and everything. And I... this was my favorite fight. Like, what, what, what about you guys? How did you guys feel about it? Anybody? Everybody? Anybody I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly. Um, I didn't have any issues with this fight. Um, I like the twist. I'll say that much. Yeah. Come on, Greg. You got something to say. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, I, I thought it was cool. Um, I mean, I don't think it was my favorite, but um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't have any like big gripes about it. I, I guess I didn't feel one way about it or another. I remember the writing being good. Like the area, <laughs> like that level in general, I liked. It's just the boss fight doesn't stick out to me as anything like, you know, spectacular or bad, you know. Okay. Bummer. I did. Um, I don't. I don't know if I like the um, those confusion bombs though. That, yeah, that's I also thing. remember that. I think they kind of suck as far as targeting because they there's not really a good lock on for it. I guess. Well, I mean, whatever. That's that's more of a mechanics thing. So no point. No and point in me like are, playing about are that. Are they guess, supposed but. to? Like, when I first got him, I didn't know if you were supposed to throw them directly at the enemy or throw them near the enemy and they explode and then the enemy walks into them into, like, the cloud. It's a little bit of both. If it if it explodes on them, that's good. But, like, 
him specifically, it was a lot easier for me to, like, have him around the cloud than to try to hit him with it directly. Yeah, it took a little bit of trial and error with that last um, um, luchador that you have to fight. Because that was kind of how I figured out how to use those. Um, but that may have been my only complaint. Other than that, it was... Uh, well, I was going to say it was a straightforward fight, but, you know, that twist kind of changes things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it was... What was the resolution of that fight? Because I kind of remember that being a little funny as well. Um, so I remember what I wrote down. So you, his his rival is Herman. And so uh, the, the girl's name is Lana. And um, basically when she kills, or when you are, I think, kill... Herman or whatever, he's dying, and Lana cheers, and she's like, it's alright, it's okay, I always loved you anyway. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> she's the cheerleader, and I, I was oh, like... Oh, <laughs> I remember that now. Man, I was so confused at that part. I'm like, dang, is she really kneeling down here on this man's deathbed? And does this cheer? <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought it was I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, that, that that was also another part where I was just started cracking up because I was like, oh, I can't believe they did that. That's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, after so completing Olivia's, uh, I can't remember the French guy, Olivia, Edgar, and uh, Fred, I think, Fred, you uh, get the parts you need to get into the... Um, <clears throat> to get into the uh, tower. Because at this point, you're heading up to Dr. Roboto's lab, which we haven't really talked about the overall story, but there's this guy, Dr. Roboto, who's a dentist, but he's been stealing all the campers' brains. He's been working with Coach Oleander, who plot twist Coach Oleander is a villain, and uh, he basically has been stealing him and Dr. Lobato have been scheming together to steal everybody's brain. So you're on this lookout. You're basically on the trying to acquire, get everybody's brains back and, um, take down this guy. And, um, you are basically at this point, this is, this is the platforming part of this entire game. So like we've been talking about like, Oh, there's no platforming or anything, which is not a lie. But uh, this is where I feel like the platforming is the most apparent. You're basically climbing or you're you're walking through this insane asylum uh, environment to, go, to get up this tower. And you're being, you're kind of following like this creepy character. Um, you're following her and uh, she's like leading you, but not necessarily leading you. And um, you do a lot of platforming. Uh is this stuff fun for you guys, the platforming at this point? Because I'll, I'll just be front, up front. I liked that there was platforming, but this is the part where I was like, oh, like this is like, it's kind of hard to do it in this game. Like it's not really easy to do it in this game. It's, this game isn't built for this almost. 
Yeah. It, it just didn't feel like it was designed for the task they were having you do. Yeah. And I feel like this gets exacerbated in some of the subsequent areas. Yeah, totally. And, and maybe it's one of those things it was like... I'm trying to look at it through the lens of the time. Maybe it's just they didn't have enough time back then to polish it up to the level of, like, you know, some of the other, like, AAA platformers, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it it definitely kind of shows at, that, at the end, kind of, in that level in, in particular. Yeah. Um... What about you, Trevor? How do you feel? Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. Um, it doesn't do what a lot of... Well, I'm not going to say modern platforms, but even platforms at that time where you can obviously tell which direction you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to jump on. And and this game just didn't do it enough. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had any issue, like, knowing where I need to go. It was mostly, like, getting there effectively. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I mean, like... And I'm not saying to an extent to where, like... Like, Mirror's Edge... you're not gonna get lost. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying, like... Oh, I'm supposed to jump on that platform, but it's kind of curved. You know, the the landscape doesn't look like I'm supposed to traverse that area. It looks like something that's out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But you actually are supposed to go up there and... I don't know, it just doesn't... It Maybe... I don't know, when you play a lot of video games, you get used to, you know, being able to look at a wall and be like, Oh, that wall is cracked. Let me place a bomb in front of it. There are context clues yeah. in this game. Just, I don't want to say this game, but there are certain areas of this game where you can't tell. It's almost like there's placeholder art, and they just never updated it. If that makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, the level is I'm... small enough for you to, <clears throat> to eventually figure out where you're supposed to go. It's not like you're wandering around lost. It's just kind of like it doesn't create the it doesn't create this sense that everything is very fluid, like where you just you know, okay, I can move from here to here, or or I can you know try to stay on top of my um, my levitation ball um, throughout this part and and move fluidly throughout the levels. It's kind of like bumping to a wall. Okay, reorient myself. And find the next ledge to grab onto. Okay. And that may have been the way they designed it, but it's, you know, playing it now just goes against what a lot of modern games are doing. Sure, sure. Um, And then, yeah, at this point you get into the uh, Dr. Roboto's lab and you get the, the autosave, which is basically the point of no return. And... From then on, you meet the character you've been following. Her name is Shigor, Shigor I think, which is a play on Igor, the the famous um, uh-huh. <laughs> assistant to Dr. Frankenstein. And um, you uh, you find a couple of different... Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Uh, 
So she has basically he's uh, blackmailing her she gore to help him by threatening to kill her pet turtle Mr. Pokelope and um, you end up helping Mr. Pokelope escape and Mr. Pokelope is a smart intelligent being and uh, wait 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 maybe this game is more nuanced than I'm giving it credit is Pokelope a take on the turtle being a slowpoke and her wanting to elope the turtle. Oh boy. Did you really interrupt me to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you, hey man, you're the one going into the nuanced stuff with this game. You know, the writing might have been, you know, I don't know. You got the nail on the head right there. Yeah. But, um, uh, you end up, uh, Basically, with the help of Mr. Pokelope, you kill Dr. Lobato. Um, his, you fight him, and I think he has the... Uh, Mr. Pokelope takes the tank and kills him. And then I think... I'm trying to think. He gets out of the tank, and then Coach Oleander gets in, and you have to fight Coach Oleander in the tank. And he's, like, blown away slash... Uh, what do they call it? Uh incapacitated everybody else that's around you, so it's just you by yourself, and you have to fight him in this, they call it the Psycho Blaster Death Tank. And uh, this is a pretty... What do you guys think about the fight? Where you have the outer rings that he flings at you, and then you have the inner walls that block him, and what do you guys think about that fight? This is probably my favorite boss fight of the game. Okay, how, how come? It's just, I mean, there, there's a there, challenge. There's literally layers to it. Ha! <laughs> the layers. Um, but I don't know. It's just like it. It requires you to use specific abilities, um, and using those abilities doesn't seem inhibiting. Um, but yeah, I, I like this boss level. Okay. What about you, Dante? How do you feel about this level? Hmm. I'm trying to think this about... This boss, fight, I should say. I'm trying to think about all of the things the boss did in specific. Because this is the one where you have your kind of Persona-esque, like, giant... No, 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 no. You're no? still, like, your normal size. You're, you're... There's, um, a... Basically, the tank is in the middle of the stage and like on like almost like a platform, and there's a rotating like concrete blocks around the outer ledge, outer ring, and then there's an inner ring that is like concrete walls, and basically you have to like pick up blocks to to pick up his blocks and throw them at the wall to break the wall, and then you have to throw a, a block at the tank when it's exposed. Well, you also have to set the um, use pyrokinesis to set the the wooden planks on fire too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't have any recollection of this one. Uh, you heard it here first, Trevor. Not memorable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I'm still stuck on Pokey Lope because I really think I'm onto something with that. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the whole Pokey Lope thing was just hearing his voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
just it yeah. wasn't it really sexual. <laughs> it was pretty good. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> Honestly, though, he kind of sounded like a pimp. A little bit. He I'm... called himself daddy too. Oh, <laughs> elope. <laughs> Y'all are stupid. <laughs> Alright, well... Didn't so, he make a dick reference? I don't... I think he did. I really do. Try, I can't remember it, like, <laughs> exactly what it was. the more I think about it... <laughs> I, he was really creeping on that girl. I remember this. I remember this. This is something that happened. Never forget the dick references. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, what do you think about the? Do you remember that thing fight, uh, Greg? Did you like it? Um, I don't know if it, I particularly liked it. Like the only other boss fight I really cared for is like the last, maybe the last few boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, it it wasn't bad. Like I didn't find it like incredibly difficult either. So at least I appreciated it for that. But it was okay. Okay. Glowing endorsement. <laughs> it right. wasn't hard, so I could get past it faster. It's alright. Basically. Um, well, after you fight... I think after you fight the tank, you get zapped by... Or you get hit by... What is the thing you get hit by? The sneezing powder. And that's what they were using to get people to sneeze and then their brains uh, leave their their heads or whatever they they go out their nose and so um you get hit with a once you defeat the tank you get hit with some sneezing powder as a last effort by uh coach oleander and um you um you sneeze your brain out and um at that point you are controlling your brain and you're you got to get into the death tank as well. And once you get into the death tank, then your brain is merged with, um, coach Oleander's, uh, and you guys are in a, the mind of the both of you. So it's like both of your psyche together. And, um, this comes in the form of the meat circus. Cause your backstory is your, Raz's character was raised on a in a circus. His, him and his dad were performers, and his dad ended up sending him away, or he ran away. He escaped the circus because his dad didn't approve of his psychic abilities. And the meat aspect was Coach Oleander. Uh, his he grew up. His dad was a abusive, it seems, father, but he was a butcher as well. And Coach Oleander was really he really liked bunnies. He had a pet bunny and. Uh, his dad, uh, I guess one day he killed all his buddies. So you're in a meat butcher themed circus. Um, and this is, uh, Dante maybe can attest to, but this is like historically known as a, I guess, bad level or it's an infamous level among the, the, the diehards of this game. It's like, yeah, we like this game, but not that level. It's like, I hear a lot of people that are fans of this game that say, like, oh, yeah, like, the game is great. It's just, except for that level, it kind of sucks. 
So, um, what do you guys think of the meat circus level? I was fine with it up until like the flooding part. When it starts yeah, to flood, oh! I had to watch. I had to go to YouTube. Was it because the platforming was too hard? You could call it hard. <laughs> oh, when you're on that rope and you're like shimmying sideways, and you have to make this really like weird linear jump, it's. I don't understand what they were thinking. I really don't. Yeah, I got to one part, like specifically that part you're talking about, and I just ate the fire damage. Cause you're talking about when he throws the flaming no, stuff when at you're, you. Um, when you're climbing the ropes, um, there's like a rope that's going like you're scaling. It's doing it. one of those spherical type of things. Are we talking about the same part? I believe so. Yeah. And it's flooding also, right? Yeah. And you have to jump across to the next rope. It, it's like a it's huh. like a curved like wall. It's, and there's flames on like the rope that you're trying oh, to Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about now. You're climbing up the yeah, it's like nets that you're kinda of yeah. climbing on, I guess. Or and whatever, there's just right? no good yeah. way to jump from one like net to the next and yeah. avoid the fire yeah you kind of have to like double jump and float a little bit but you have to jump towards the camera, the camera. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a little weird yeah, I know what you mean I there. think I ended up cheesing that part by jumping <clears throat> on top of the little like net thing if that makes huh. sense I don't know you could do that it's not great because you can't really go that fast since it's super super linear is it turning but... too so it makes it hard or yeah, I think I ended up getting on the ball and jumping and floating and just trying to land as best as I could, like, a little bit higher than I was before. It wasn't pleasant. It That part, legitimately, I thought I wasn't going to finish the game. Gotcha. See, the part for me that I didn't really care for was the escort, I guess you could say, where you're with the young o- Oleander, and it's pretty early on where he basically, his... um dad or whatever like it's feeding bunnies into the meat grinder that are is creating these weird like freaky looking rabbits or like characters that attack him and you have to like basically keep him from taking damage and every time you let him catch his rabbit he goes to the next part and it's like i constantly found myself like him taking a bunch of damage on my way to get to him because i have to like reorient myself and figure out how to get to him. So, like, uh, there was a couple times where he was damn near dead, and um, that part, and then also, for some reason, I had a lot of difficulty at the on-rails part, where I was missing those jumps. It was, like, not being responsive for whatever reason, and I was missing a lot of, uh, way more jumps than I'm, like, I I have no idea why. It wasn't just you. Okay, yeah, it, it was issue. it was grating. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And yeah, God forbid you miss a jump while you're doing that escort mission. You gotta st- yeah. Because yeah, you fall all the way down. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, you're going to have to start, yeah, start over. And there's no good way to start over either. You just kind of have to wait for him to die. Mm. I, I, I like the... Um, 
Which there was another thing too. Yeah, it was like every single part there was something that I didn't like on this level. I didn't like the, like what you guys were saying too the 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 platforming that you had to show his dad how acrobatic you were or whatever because his dad was a trapeze artist and that wasn't really fun either. But once once you get to the bosses, I, it was fine then. Like. I didn't really enjoy, like, these, in my opinion, were the, besides the very first boss, these were, like, on the weaker side as far as, like, I didn't really care for these bosses as much. But, like, though the bosses themselves were a lot more fun to fight than, uh, than the level. Hmm. Yeah, the bosses weren't that bad at this part. And it was, like, I think you fought, like, it was kind of interesting, I guess you could say. Um, you fought, like, a couple different forms of the dad, the butcher. Um, so Ole, Ole Ender's dad. And uh, so he had these big cleavers, and he was huge, and he would basically attack you with the cleavers. So you had to, like, withstand his assault and then hop on his cleaver when it got stuck on the ground and run up his arm and hit him in the face. And that was pretty much the gist of that fight. And then... Um, and then you fight, uh, him again, and this time he's like, uh, actually, no, because I think this whole time, too, your dad is, like, taunting you or whatever, and, um, I think you end up fighting him. Don't you do, like, a tag team against them? Well, yeah, like, you fight the butcher twice, though, because you fight, or three times, because you, no, twice, because you fight him the first time when he's normal, then the second time you fight him when he's on fire, and you have to throw those spike pins that your dad juggles at his leg to make him fall. Yeah. And then you get a reunion between you and your real dad, who is, like, he's a psychic, and he, like, teleports into your mind and sees Don't you going. hate your dad throughout the entire the game? game you hate your dad and then your real dad pops up and he's like wow this is what you think of me because he sees the fake dad that's been hating on you and yelling all this like bad stuff at you and yeah you um you fight a like amalgamation of your fake dad and the butcher and it's this really weird uh like creature really gross looking and your dad gives you this special ability that turns you giant and like he has to charge it up so like it's just like you basically have to run away from this creature that's you know chasing after you and then uh once you get the bar and your your bar goes up high enough then you can like uh become big and then you can just wreck you can just unload on the uh, the creature that's been chasing you, and you just punch it and just body it, and you just do that two or three times, and like you just beat it up, and I, I don't know, like the, it was really satisfying for some for whatever reason. It wasn't particularly hard. It was just like kind of just mashing the attack button, but it was really satisfying to do. Did you guys think of the final boss? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I kind of appreciated just the that world in general on how they set up the bosses more than anything i don't think like the mechanics of fighting them was well actually i guess it was it was okay the um the first time you fight the butcher i thought it was kind of cool how you had to uh dodge his attacks to to do that but uh but other than that um 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it was it was probably one of my, um, I guess one of the boss fights I liked the most. Okay. What about you, Trevor Dante? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty neat having the little Persona giant form of myself. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I actually, this was like, it was like a whatever, actually for me, boss fight. Like, it was just kind of like, it's cool that I have this ability, but like, this was kind of whatever. I, I didn't need need to have it, but I guess it was cool that this happened or whatever. I do have one question, though, and it's story-based. And I think we've gotten to the part where okay. it was discussed. But the whole reason why Raz is afraid of water is because his family drowned? There's like a... I think they said there was a curse or something. And so his family, dating back from like his grandfather time I think was cursed that his family was gonna like have this fear of water and I think that's what it's uh in reference to so like when that water was pooling up or whatever was a reference to that because I thought at some point it said that Raz died in water too or maybe they said after you know listening to you maybe they said he was going to die in water or something or his I thought his dad didn't he think he drowned or I no, I mean from the entire uh, story, you're led to believe that his dad is this awful dude and hates him. And I thought like that was one of my like favorite parts of the game because like you this entire like the entire game you think that you know you you believe what Raz says. He's like, yeah, like I ran away from home. My dad he. He was he hated psychics. He found out I was a psychic, and you know, like I had to run away because he hated psychics. And then you meet his dad, and his dad's like, like psychic. <laughs> why do you? F- yeah, why do you feel this way about me? I'm a psychic. Like I would never like dislike you for how you are and everything. And it just, it, it I really liked it because it, it kids are so unreliable. You know, they they tell stories, and so like you, this entire time you think he has this tragic backstory and it's ends up being a lie and it, it made me think like is oleander like i mean he's an adult now but like is his backstory like just this this lie this long drawn out lie that actually didn't actually happen or didn't happen how i remembered it we never know but it's just i thought it was really cool how they like here we are, you know, you're this entire game, you're solving other characters' issues, especially in the psych ward. You're selling, you're, you know, solving these characters' hang-ups to help them get better, and you don't get better until you have this face-to-face with your dad. You know? And then when you find out, oh, like, my dad is fine, and, like, you get out of this world, you know? You get out of this world. And then it, it changes you for the better. So, I don't know. I, I really dug how... They they played with that 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 all tied together to what they were doing within the game the entire time. Hill, and then the you epilogue. Guys got anything else? Yeah, yeah, and then the epilogue, which is uh, basically this spaceship uh, comes down, and it's like, oh, um, Lily's Lily, your love interest in this game. Her dad is like a head psychonaut or whatever. And he's been kidnapped, and so Sasha and Agent Crueler and I forgot the woman's name. I, I, I'm Mia. gonna feel bad about that. Mia, yeah, they um, 
they're like, yo, we need your, we need your help. Uh, you're one of us, uh, um, Raz, and we need your help. He's like super honored to be a part of the team. And, uh, they're like, yeah, we got to save Lily's dad. And Lily hops in with you guys and you guys get in the spaceship and are off. And that's like, you're off on a new adventure. And I, I thought that was really cool. I was like, damn, like it would have been I'm looking forward to Psychonauts 2. That's all I'm going to say. I'll just leave it at that. I hope the game picks up where you leave off. I hope. I mean, I don't assume that it will. Or if anything, you might play that mission and then some time will like have happened after that. But I think it would be really cool to play that in a, in a second game. I, I would prefer to do that. So hopefully Psychonauts 2 has that because that will be fun to me. Did you watch the trailer what? for Psychonauts 2? Uh, I, I meant to, I did not though. Maybe I'm not a real fan. Who can say? Should I watch it? How about that? You'll let me know. I think you should. Okay. It's like, huh, well this actually looks like it might be something. Uh oh. Dante's thinking about playing, you know it's gotta be good. (laughs) I didn't go that far. Oh. I was just happy for the people that it was for. Gotcha, gotcha. So I just started up the trailer, and the first logo it shows is Starbreeze Studios. Who's that? Rip. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will pick it up. Hopefully. I hope these are in game Are we talking about Starbreeze, or...? <laughs> oh. uh, you, any, any, I guess, closing thoughts for Psychonauts? I'll start with you. Um, I'll start with you, Trevor. Um, this game has redeeming qualities. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Such as is so, Psychonauts a Trump supporter? <laughs> so my Chill. my hopes, like starting out in this game, um, my hopes for this game were really low, like with that with the first couple of levels being at the campsite in the second half, once you break away from all that and you start delving into these people's, um, subconscious and like, you know, getting into their backstory a little bit more like that's the part of the game that I I like, at least as far as story, like the gameplay. Yeah. It's kind of the same throughout the game. Um, it doesn't change up much except for a couple of places thematically, but, um, other than that, you know, I think this game redeems itself in, in story and dialogue and yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. I'm glad I played it. Are you looking forward to a, would you be down to play a sequel? I'd try it out based on the graphics and you know this this trailer looks kind of heartfelt you'd play it when it's on sale though right oh yeah <laughs> I, I can't remember when i got this game i must have gotten it from humble bundle or something but um but yeah i don't i don't remember purchasing this game with the intent that oh yeah i really want to play this game so if i do play psychonauts 2 it'll probably be within that same vein like Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch the movie in theaters, but I'll check it out once once it's at Redbox. 
Gotcha. <laughs> uh, what about you, Greg? How do you how do you feel about this game? Um, it's definitely a flawed game that, despite some of the flaws, still kind of holds my attention just because of the characters and the kind of some of the unique ways that they figure out to, um, I'm trying to figure out the way I want to word it, kind of the unique ways that they create worlds and how you navigate in them, um, I'm at a loss now. I, I guess that's like probably the main thing that I would say about it. Okay. What about you, Dante? Oh, actually, Greg, would you play a sequel? Um, I think so. I mean, because I'm already invested in it since I finished it, uh, which I'm kind of glad. Um, as this is like the third time I've played the game, so I'm glad I, I finally could say I finished it, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested, and I hope that that they actually, you know, the sequel comes out. Trying to see how they, you know, how it plays in a modern, you know, in a modern environment, right? You know, mm-hmm. maybe they can make it a little bit more tight as far as the gameplay. So then you have a uh, a good playing game with like really interesting characters and like you know really unique environments. Gotcha. What about you, Dante? How do you ultimately feel about this game? I know how you, know, you do, but just just go ahead and lay it out. You know, I really thought about it while they were talking. And if I had to just distill my thoughts into, like, one notion, I think me and the developers of this game just have fundamental differences. Mm-hmm. Where I get what they were going for. I really do. I I like the concept of this game. I really do. I <sighs> There is something to be salvaged here. There is just so many design decisions that I fundamentally disagree with and priorities that I believe are out of place that just made this game impossible for me to enjoy. So so what you're Thank saying you. is a sequel can't fail. You it know, could. It could be more of the same. They could double down on what they have here. I see what you did there. Double down isn't even the same as double fine. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tried it. <laughs> you know what? I have hopes for the sequel. I'm just very concerned for the fans of the series. Because if they really try to recreate, I don't think they'll try to recreate this game. I think it will be a better playing game. But if they did try to recreate this game, I think a lot of people who really loved this game back in the day will be sorely disappointed. I agree with that. Um, and I, I mean, I would feel that way about... I mean, just going back to our first episode, I feel the same way about Beyond Good and Evil. If they recreated that game, just, uh, you know, like, it, I also think people would be disappointed, especially after the wait. Um, well, for me, I I really, 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 really enjoyed this game. Um, I thought it was one of the most creative, interesting games I've played. Um, I'm a really big fan of Double Fine, uh, 
and I can see how this game laid the groundwork for what they would eventually would eventually would do with their other games, where they take like this really one-off or crazy concept, and then they apply their writing style and their like like I feel like every game I've ever played them with of theirs has been like fundamentally flawed gameplay wise. There's some type of gameplay like hitch or thing that just isn't quite what you want it to be, but I always felt like their worlds that they build and their characters and their writing have always been the things that I go to their games for and like being able to see the game that basically that started them it's been really really cool and i'm super glad that after all these years i finally was able to play this and i think it i didn't go in with high expectations because of what dante had said but i was super glad that i was able to receive what they were i picked up what they were putting down with this game so um i am gonna probably watch this I'm going to definitely watch this uh, trailer here in the next couple of minutes and just check that out. But I definitely am even more, even more so than I was with Beyond Good and Evil. I'm, I'm definitely in on a sequel for this game. Uh, so I'm hope- happy for you. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, yeah. So. <sighs> I guess that... Do we have any closing thoughts for Beyond Good and Evil? I think we've said a lot. This was like one of our... Beyond Good and Evil? You say Beyond Good and Evil? Oh my god, I did, huh? I got some more thoughts for Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. (laughs) For Psychonauts. (laughs) You guys got any more thoughts for Psychonauts? No. This was, uh... This is back to our our 07 days. Our 07, our 17 days. and, And 18. Back when we were, you know, super long episodes... Um, but, uh, I guess, Dante, are you, do you feel any type of way about this being your last episode and maybe you want to play some Grim Fandango or some Celeste and Hellblade and perhaps some Killer7, another stellar 2005 release? We'll see. Uh, I will say that I hate leaving on such a negative note. (laughs) I I legitimately felt bad because I went in I, I came into this today being like, no matter what, I'm just, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm not going to say anything bad if I can help it. But then you kept asking me questions. <laughs> That's my job, man. Aren't you going to miss this? Hey, hey, you do a good job at your job, man. I can't, I can't <laughs> call you. Oh, uh, man. Thank you right. for taking all of those punches. Oh, uh, no problem, man. <laughs> this is how we are, you know? This is how we are when we talk about games. We've always been this way. And really about anything, let's be honest. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, Alright, well... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I might pop up, you know, here and there in the future for you guys. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, And the... Where can people find you at... Let's start with you, Greg. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Uh, Facebook is the same, Boombox Hero. And on Twitch at twitch.tv slash xdrdmagnegrox. I went to you without checking to see if we got any emails, but I know we don't. And if we did, no, they're going to have to hold that because this is more important. 
<laughs> we we don't read no emails on Dante's last episode. Um, where where can people find you at, Trevor? Uh, you can find me on most social media platforms at Lyric Unsung. Um, also on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Twitch, Mixer, all that good stuff. All right, you guys can find me on Twitter at Potato Salad. And yeah, I don't really post that much on Twitter, but I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to post a little some some. Um, we have let's see our our schedule upcoming schedule for next month. We're playing Grim Fandango as I said earlier, um, and then for the month of May we will be playing Hellblade: Sinuous Sacrifice and um, Celeste, and then for the month of um, Wow, just dribbling. For the month of May, we're playing Killer Seven. So those will be our next couple games, and we also have a bonus episode in the works. I'm not gonna reveal the game, but uh, me and Trevor will be on that, and hopefully we'll get something recorded, possibly next week, and maybe uploaded next week. So be on the lookout for that as well. It will be a a doozy. I feel like that's gonna be an interesting game to talk about. It's a game that's shown up on. My list a couple times, the game I've wanted to play for a little bit, and uh, we decided, hey, let's just instead of the whole crew doing it, let's just let's just play it, just a couple of us. And so me and Trevor picked the mantle to do that, picked up the mantle to do that. So looking forward to that. So I'm not going to reveal the game, but how far are both of you into that? Oh, uh, well, Tre- um, Trevor, maybe about an hour and a half to two hours into it. Okay. Um, I, I probably played maybe 30 or 45 minutes of it and I was playing it at night and it was raining here and we had a, a power surge. So I lost maybe <laughs> like, uh, 40, 30, 20, let's see, I, I think I saved about five minutes in. So I lost maybe about 25 to 35, uh, minutes of gameplay. So I'm, uh. Back on day one, basically. So, yeah. Huh. I got to see a little bit of what the game had to offer. Got to make a choice and was going along with that choice. And the power the power went out. And I ended up hitting Trevor up and seeing, like, what choice did he make? And it sounded like we had made the same choice. And it wasn't my number one choice. It just ended up being that way. So maybe I'm going to try to see if I can sway the game to give me a different choice so that way we have two different stories going on <laughs> i'm i'm very curious how this turns out because i've i've played through the game they're talking about and yeah it, it'll be interesting to hear them talk about it nonetheless okay well be on the lookout for that like i said we'll try to ideally i've been pretty busy lately uh but i uh will try to knock out what I need to knock out so that way I can play this game and we can record an episode this next week. But be on the lookout for that and then just as a random 2019 goal of mine I would like to record more bonus casts so we will try to maybe every month or every other month try to... My goal is to do five this year. We did two last year so my goal is to... We did? I I thought it was just Mega Man and um, Firewatch. 
wasn't there one more? It was supposed to be another game, but it never happened with you and Trevor. Oh, yeah. I think it was supposed to be, what, No Way Out or whatever. No Way Out. No Way Out, there you go. Yeah. So we did two last year, so I'm trying to double in some change. But obviously, like, if we can do more than... I want to do five, if we can do more than five, that'd be great, too. So, yeah. Uh, be on the lookout for those. That's That's the goal. And... Keep us to it. Keep us to it. Let us know if we're not putting them out soon. You know, soon enough. But I guess um, you got anything? Any closing thoughts, Dante? I'll let you. I'll let you take the show out. Um. Well, man, closing thoughts. It was a pleasure working with you all. It was fun playing video games. I'm very interested to see how the show evolves. And. To the audience, thank you for, um, you know, supporting us. <laughs> <laughs> and you should probably write in some emails if you have a chance. Definitely. Or some questions. We didn't even have our question for today, which is fine, but we're not going to have questions no more. It's like... But now that Dante oh. isn't on the cast, he could send in questions and, and emails. <gasps> oh, man. Oh, yeah. that, that'd be kind of dope. I'm, I'm for this. <laughs> it's just going to be his questions that he would normally ask on the episode <laughs> just <laughs> pokelope at gmail.com <laughs> alright well is that it yeah alright you do the honors Dante I no that's your tradition man <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm letting you I'm, I'm seeding I'm letting you do this if you want to No, I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> okay. Um, we're Miss Checkpoints, and we're out. Peace. <laughs>